It's Monday, October 2nd, here on the Sleepers Podcast, brought to you by ghosts is that what that is it's like october so i guess it's like spooky season spooky season okay yeah are you a big halloween guy halloween family uh mm, i mean the wife enjoys like making a, a spectacle out of it i feel like like sitting on the porch having ourselves a night maybe making a nice cocktail a nice beverage and like handing out candy to kids and bringing joy and them reacting to seeing pierre i think she just loves the spectacle of it all so, I feel like you had to think about that, though. Like, if you had to think about it, are you really a Halloween family? I mean, I I personally am not, unless I'm actually trick-or-treating. Once I stop trick-or-treating, I stop being pro-Halloween. pro, pro Halloween. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay, I'm I'm just, you know, I didn't know that about you, and the, the instant reaction was definitely not that of a Halloween family guy. But then you're trying to play. I'm just, I'm curious. I might be taking some notes on this, and maybe... Uh, by the end of October, maybe I decipher the definitive answer to whether the Elliott family is a Halloween family. You are a Swifty family. Big night for y'all last night. I heard you were playing a drinking game every time they showed Taylor during Sunday Night Football. Yeah, then I definitely went through a, a lot more White Claws and High Noons than I thought I was going to go through. Let me tell you that because the lady was prevalent. She was out there. She was shown heavily. I think she was shown close to the smallest amount she could have been shown though if you think about it because like the Chiefs did not play well and Kelsey was not involved yeah the the intro was crazy though the voice <laughs> intro was crazy it was like I I was sitting there thinking I'm like wait a minute like this is an interesting promo right before I'm like oh my god this is this is really it this is it but I know last night because uh, my wife didn't stay up for the whole game as I you know I hit her with the you know good night love you basically tucked her in, stuff like that. I'm going to go watch the rest of the game. As I'm walking out the door, she hits me at the, let me know if the Chiefs win. Mahomes isn't playing that well today, huh? And I was like, I will. And yeah, you're <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Honestly, it's we joked about having the girls do a show, and it's not really a joke. We want to do that. But I'm kind of interested in just bringing Meg on as a Taylor Swift correspondent. Like, give us five minutes on what was your interpretation of how last night went. Um, let her know today, please, that I'm very interested in that just at the beginning of one of these shows. I'd love to cut that in. I uh, I joked about this in a group text, too. Like, I love everything about this. I can't get enough of it. I want more of it. It's the merging of like three of my favorite pastimes, which includes blonde female country singers, pop music and betting on Patrick Mahomes. Like I've been doing those three things for years uh, and now I get it all at once. It feels like I'm in the matrix. I love everything about it, but uh, yeah, it, interesting game. I mean, Kelsey, very uninvolved chiefs almost completely blew it. And Zach Wilson found out there were 500 million women watching this game and decided to be great. Yeah, and, and in a game where we're all, everyone was betting on the, the Taylor Swift, Kelsey boost for him to have the over 22 yard catch and the, Kelsey anytime score. We got touchdowns from Blake Bell, CJ Uzama, and Alan Lazard. You like, tried to nail this too. You sent me your same game parlay before the game, and it was very close to hitting. And pregame, my my take to you was wow, a lot of jets. <laughs> yeah. The only the literally the only thing that didn't I, I even hit on Patrick Mahomes under passing yards, which is which is a ridiculous thing. Like I feel like that was the hardest one to get. And I literally got a game where Patrick Mahomes threw multiple interceptions. Like I had it. I had what I needed. 
But Conklin dropped the touchdown. Garrett Wilson got overthrown on the touchdown, and it just didn't happen for me. But it was it was close. I, I actually got a rush out of it, so I, I enjoyed it. Nice it little note, free bet. It can't be fun to bet against Patrick Mahomes' passing yards, though. That's got to be no. one of the least fun things to bet against. Yeah, I once I did it, once I actually did it and watched the game, I was like, God, this – this sucks. I don't want it. I'm not doing this again. I think I'm putting it in my betting rules that I'm yeah. not going to do that anymore. It's just not fun. Sounds very anxious to me. Um, yeah. any, anyways, should we quickly address the betting results from last week? Not great again for us. No, one and two a week, one and two a weekend for me. And uh, I, I feel like I was, I didn't do well. I feel like you got robbed more so. I just didn't do well. Uh, Washington went up 14-0 and I was feeling great. I actually went to bed and woke up in the morning. I was like, oh my God, this ended up being a one-score game and Michael Penix didn't throw for any touchdowns? I was like, what the hell is going on here? So that that's a tough one. Uh, one Oregon State minus four and a half easily. That felt really good. Won a bet on a Friday too. So I was like, this is going to be great energy leading to the weekend. It, it, it wasn't lost both my weekend picks so it hurts but i'm already looking forward to bouncing back yeah the nice thing for you with the way you give your picks in the newsletter i feel like is if you have a bad week it's not like crippling to your whole season like i come in with like five picks minimum a week plus some special plays and if i go like one and four and lose the special plays i go from a great record on the year to 500 yeah. and that's where I get, we're at i get i get, uh, I get scared I get scared to do five. I respect it. Uh, something something responsible about the way you approach it. I just, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, I was like, hand up, look myself in the mirror. That's on me. I got to be better. Here we are. And then this week, I feel robbed. Like, I, maybe I'm in excuse mode, but I, I truly feel I deserved significantly better results based on the picks I made, the research that was done, and the way the games played out. Like, I mean, Iowa doesn't cover against Michigan State by half a point. And Cade McNamara died in the middle of the game. Like, I'm not saying he was playing great or he was a killer, but I'm highly confident that Iowa's offense does slightly better enough to cover half a point more if Cade McNamara doesn't die because their backup was like an offensive lineman. Uh, And then Duke, I mean, I don't want to say it was the right play because they were trailing the entire game, but to have a have a lead as Duke late in that game and then just need to not give up the two point conversion or the touchdown in the final minute crushing. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I was this close. It felt like a three and two week based on the picks, honestly. And then uh, in reality, it's one and four and hand up. <laughs> I'm like, what, what just happened here? It happened so fast. So big week, critical week back against the wall week yet again. They say, I can't lose three weeks in a row. That's what they're saying. I'm not saying it, but uh, it's a big week. So what, what was the betting? What was the betting over under again for like things I do before the show? What do you mean? Like you said, I would that the shtick thing I was doing like before the show. Oh yeah, I had did, it at like. Did I, did I hit the over? I had it at like eight and a half, and I think you hit it at five, and nothing today. <laughs> That's a good segue because you thought it was nothing today, Gregory. Stop it! I'm going over. We're starting with a nice protein shake this morning because we need to be strong, okay? And not only strong physically, because that's what people think protein shakes are all about. It's not just being strong physically. It's also being strong mentally as well. There's all types of benefits to this. It's not just, not just about getting strong. It's not just about lifting weights and things like that. Protein is an absolutely essential part of everyday life, and you need to have it. That's why when you're trying to do things like gain weight, lose weight, do something of that variety, it all starts 
with protein intake. So we're going to go ahead and get a little scoop to do right there. Booty boop. Put that in there. And continue to count for the shtick before the show because I'm going to keep it rolling, honestly. And I'm really, really enjoying this more than you know. Oh, I think everybody knows how much you're enjoying it after you hit the scoop to doop, boop to boop, back to back. Uh, I don't think this can count towards the over eight and a half for the record. It's opening the show with it. It's not 10 minutes in busting it out. Well, I was expecting you to hit me with the, oh, you got nothing today. So I uh -huh. had to go ahead and make my own magic. It's a different shtick. It's a whole whole different concept here. It's not the same shtick. So now, you, now you're at one if we're starting the new shtick of midway through. You are at zero for consecutive days opening the episode. And you can't go back in time. That's the thing. There's nothing you can do now to fix that this episode. You already blew it. And we're 10 minutes in. Uh, but nice. I appreciate the preparation. And it got a chuckle out of me. And I'm sure it got a chuckle out of the people at home. So good job, Cart. Uh, do, you, do you have a comment of the day today? You're doing word of the day also, right? I I am on alert. I have my notepad out. Yes, I okay. am doing word of the day. Okay. And Let's get your time. comment of the day. Got it. Let me see here. You know, I want to send a shout out to um, Indiana fans. They recently found our way into our comments. And have led some some interesting type things. Uh, quickly want to comment on one of them. Frank Norton was showing CJ Gunn a lot of love. Do we know who CJ Gunn is? CJ Gunn is a bench rotation player, correct? Uh, to start the year, that's the expectation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'd like to get your comments on this one. CJ Gunn will be very improved. I use front six is the best in the country. Also, Gabe Cups will be an awesome freshman PG. Come January with the tough non-conference they played, it will pay dividends. Once they gel, watch out. Bold prediction, IU makes it to the final four in the NCAA tournament. That's uh, a bold prediction for sure. I appreciate the fandom. I appreciate the positivity. All good fan bases need that. Uh, it's delusional because Indiana's had much better teams in the past decade than they will have this season. And they haven't made a sweet 16, let alone a final four could happen. Uh, as far as CJ gun goes, I would hope he is well improved. He played 20 games last season. Seven minutes a game was the average shot 30% from the floor. He shot two for 24 from three point range. He made two of 24 shots from three. Uh, that is significantly worse than you would shoot in 24 attempts from three. So, no, I'm not excited about CJ Gunn. I'm not expecting anything. Uh, I like, look, there's a there's a CJ Gunn on my team, Michigan, Yusuf Kayat. That's my CJ Gunn. You won't hear me saying Yusuf Kayat will be much improved. If it happens, great. That's a luxury. It's not something you bank on as a staple for the season in the same sentence you say they're going to make a final four. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason to bring me into that with your point, but I do agree. <laughs> I'm just saying you'd shoot like six for 24 minimum. That's credit to you. Six for 24? Yeah, minimum. Credit to you. Uh, I think my I think my ceiling's 10 for 24. Or my sorry, my floor is 10 your, for 24. Your floor is a 40% shooter? Uh, am I open? I don't know. I don't know what CJ Gunn's attempts looked like last year. Probably not entirely wide open. Okay. Just it's all right, it's not about me. Uh the also the Gabe Cups being an amazing freshman point guard thing. Uh I'd like to get clarification on if he is a point guard or not, because some Indiana fans say he is, some say he isn't. 
obviously in today's day of basketball position list is the word people like to use or combo guard. Uh, I didn't know Gabe Cups was a point guard. I know he played it in in high school, but he struck me more as a two guard for, for this Indiana team. But I guess we'll we'll see how that how that plays out. But I I respect the optimism from Hoosier Nation. Best front six in the country, too, is crazy statement, though. But I really respect the confidence. Best top six or front six? I uh, Sorry, I might have said front six because of basketball. Top six. I gotta say, if they're talking, we have the best six front court players that any team has. Like, pull out the six front court guys. It might be because he said I use front six is the best in the country. That's got to be front court. I actually wouldn't fight that if that's the take. Is our six front court players are better than any other team's six front court players? Uh, I think they might have more talent. Like, where Umbaco, Renault, Peyton Sparks, and then I don't know who the other two would be. Okay. I, I'm willing to buy that. Like Peyton Sparks is the best fourth front court guy in the country. I believe that. Um, I, I wouldn't be bragging that though. Like that's the problem with Indiana isn't the front court. Although there's questions about the fit. The problem is Xavier Johnson's all you got in the backcourt. And I like the Gabe Cubs call out cause I'm high on him long-term, but um, I don't, I don't really see a world where Gabe Cubs and Xavier Johnson work great together in year one. So if Gabe Cubs is going to be really good, I think that means Xavier Johnson isn't what you think Xavier Johnson could be. And that hurts Indiana. You got to be really, really good too to get the the notion of being, have a have, being a great freshman point guard in the big 10. You got to, you got to do some things that are pretty special. Yeah. Like, would you say looking back last year, would you say Doug McDaniel was a great freshman point guard? Uh, no, but I say he was, I, but I would give him like the good. Would you say Braden Smith was a great freshman point guard? I actually would. Yeah. Would you say Bruce Thornton was a great freshman point guard? I would say good lean towards great towards the end, but it didn't lead to team success. Okay. So I, I don't think Gabe cups is going to touch any of those threes <laughs> outputs. So I just wanted to get a barometer there. Uh, I I'm with you. I would probably say Braden Smith was great. The other two were good. Isn't that like a best case scenario for Gabe cups is like a Doug McDaniel year in year yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see it. Okay. No, that's, no that's harsh comment for today. All right. Thanks, Hoosiers. Thank you, Hoosier Nation. Thank you, Ken uh, Norton. <laughs> Ken Norton. Yes, appreciate you. Uh, let's go to the Discord where, again, big weekend in the Discord. A lot of uh, discussion in there and a flurry of signups last week, which was fantastic to see. We even have a Discord guy of the week that we will wrap the comments today with from Ulamog. He is taking his job seriously as crowning a Discord member of the week. So excited for that. Uh, but we started this or these are all comments from last Friday's episode. We had Dion Hill Ford, a.k.a. that boy D Hill, great friend of ours on the show on Riley Friday, filling in for Riley Davis. And now uh, we had a lot of Lions talk going on some Dion Sanders talk before I get to the comments. Can we just address like pat me on the back for a moment? The fact that you said Colorado would only score 10 points in that game was ludicrous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Asinine comment by myself. I okay. can't believe I brought myself to say it. I apologize. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is the one thing that's been able to keep my morale lifted is that I absolutely nailed Colorado getting to 30 on that USC defense. So uh, great job, me. Horrible job, you. Let's get to the comments. Uh, (laughs) Fam starts the show off and says, 
Love the individual sports talk. Another great appearance from Dion, even though I'm low-key hashtag shook, I didn't at least snag an honorable mention on the white boy rankings. Enjoy España, mi amigo. If you're looking to load up the itinerary, I lived there for six months and am always happy to throw out suggestions. Fam, I just want to say this. Fam keeps dropping nuggets of his identity. Like I, I, and Fam, I think wants to keep his identity unknown. But the more he gives us, like, oh, I lived in Spain for six months. I think there's a path to know. I think I know who Fam is. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for the folks who enjoy the Trilly Donovans of of the world on Twitter, we have our own little Discord Trilly. No one knows. I actually responded to that comment. I was like, Fam, I couldn't add you to the white boy rankings because I'd be honest, I didn't even know you were white. Like that's. That's where we're at right now. We don't know the identity of him, but he, I feel like he's going to slip up one day. I feel like you know. I you think I think I know already, and I think if I wanted to confirm if the person I think is fam is fam, I could just check his Facebook and see if he lived in Spain for six months. Like I think it's right there for the taking, but uh, out of respect for fam, I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, again, just dropping nuggets. Like I'm on to you, fam. Trilly's not out here on Twitter like, oh, I... I lived in Boca Raton for six months. Like It's not like that, you know? Got to keep things secret if you want to be a secret fan. Uh, Jay Meisner. Just want to make sure I got that right. Did get it right. You did get it right. Uh, said, said, thanks for the Arizona love. We should know how good they actually are pretty soon in the season. Um, yeah, it, I, we will talk about Arizona much more as we get closer to college basketball and into the season, I'm sure. Uh, again, a team that was so near and dear to har- our hearts last year. It's going to be quite an adjustment for me just with the presence of Caleb Love because there's no one in the country I want to root against more other than Hunter Dickinson than Caleb Love. And uh, I love Tommy Lloyd and I love everybody else on Arizona. So I don't know what to do with that, you know? Were you, were you not moved by the clip uh, that was circulating of him? Maybe it was at like some type of Midnight Madness event for Arizona and Caleb Love seemingly couldn't miss in a three-point contest. I was shook by that. Not moved. <laughs> I was shook. Um, shook in a a selfish, selfish way. Like I, that was mine. I was supposed to have access to that, and uh, I didn't even want access to that. But I, I was supposed to have it. Damn it! And he's gone, and he never even came, and I'm hurt, and now I'm just man. Like if you. Isn't Michigan pretty good? <laughs> like, if Caleb Love was actually on their team, aren't they actually pretty good? I was going to say, what's going to hurt more? Like, the fact – if Caleb Love does have a good season, will it hurt more that Caleb Love actually had, like, a good season or the fact that it could have happened for Michigan? Like, what will hurt that, more? The, the the fact that it could happen for Michigan, for sure. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't have anything truly personal against Caleb Love. I just don't love the way he plays. That's it. Um there's a lot of guys in the country I feel that way about. He just does it louder than everybody else. But uh, with Michigan, yeah, it, like there's going to be a gaping hole in the Michigan starting lineup. We know that. A Caleb Love-sized hole. <laughs> and if Caleb Love's like an 18-a-game guy on a really good Arizona team, I'm going to be devastated, man. Like, I mean, that just, I don't know. Imagine imagine it. Doug, Caleb Love, Burnett, Kamwa, Reed is a nasty team probably. And instead... We're scrapping together either Llewellyn or Kyat or George Washington the third. I can't wait. Coy says so. Kansas only has ten scholarship players. One is supposed to redshirt. Does that matter? We're going to talk Kansas later in this episode. Although I don't know how much we're going to talk the broader roster. Do you want to quickly comment on that? 
Yeah, I just want to say as far as only having that many scholarship players, the only thing it does is make the margin for error just a little a little less um, with what their team previously was kind of made up of. I thought they had numbers where they could maybe, whether it be injury or guys in a slump, it could be like a, a next guy up. This guy can pick that guy up, pick up the slack. Now they need to remain extremely healthy and guys have to play to the level that, you know, are is, is kind of expected of them coming into the season or things could go south very, very quickly. And I think we mentioned on the last episode, the thing about Kansas is we don't know. Well, actually, we do know. I know what a, I know what a team looks like when adversity hits Hunter Dickinson. I know what that looks like and it doesn't look pretty. And he's on that basketball team. So obviously Bill Self can be the Band-Aid to cover that up. But I'm just speaking from what we've seen in the past. We've seen what it happens when Hunter Dickinson is hit with adversity as far as team success. It does not look pretty typically. Yeah, I think people are kind of downplaying that. Like, I think people think we're kidding or we're just being harsh when no. we're like Hunter. <laughs> Hunter's between the ears stuff matters to a team that it needs him every single rep, every second. Like, uh, maybe he can do it. I would genuinely, honestly, probably like to see him do it because I don't know. I'd. I, I don't hold anything against Hunter at a personal level, and it would be good for him to go out on a high note for sure. But uh, I think the concept of him working at Kansas to me was always built around they need less from him. Like, just show up, get your 20, and they've got leaders. They've got other guys who can do other things. Now those guys are starting to dwindle. Like, we're, we're running out of those numbers. So now it turns to we need you every game, Hunter. We need you to be our best player every game. And that gets scarier and scarier as you go. You said uh, they are one controversial podcast episode <laughs> and or turned ankle away from possible spiraling. That's a hilarious comment, but I think it's accurate. Uh, Tristan linked the Yukon uh, announcement that Donovan Klingon suffered a foot strain. He's expected to miss about a month. We thought about doing a full segment on this, but kind of realized there's not much to say about it. It's just a bummer. Like I feel for Yukon fans, I feel for Klingon himself. They're obviously worse without him. And this is a big shift, but uh, any, any comments additionally on Klingon's injury? Yeah. I mean, every, anytime you see a big man have a foot injury, it just automatically just, gets the PTSD going inside my head and I, I never feel good about it. At least, you know, looking on the bright side, it's a foot strain. If I heard anything about broken foots or anything like that, I would be in full on panic mode if I was a UConn fan. But this also led me to looking at like UConn's other front court options and my word, they're bare. Unless like guys are going to take some jumps. And I know some, I've seen some UConn fans mention guys like Samson Johnson to make some jumps. I believe that that's his name, but Golly, they 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 have a lot riding on Klingon and him playing heavy minutes and I, I, him missing a month with a foot injury, a foot strain is just not something you, you want to see as a UConn fan. That's the last person you want to see have an issue. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Samson Johnson, name like that, you're going to be fine. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I think he's played two years there and hasn't really done anything. Uh, if his name was anything other than Samson Johnson, I'd be a little concerned, but. I, I like like him. As, you're you're in. I like I'm just in. Yeah. No, they need Klingon. Uh, I mean, and like RIP to anyone who bet Klingon National Player of the Year. Tough. Can't miss a month and have a chance. Uh, congratulations to anybody who bet Edie at plus two hundred or Purdue to win the Big Ten at plus. Not not a calendar podcast. Not a math podcast. Is he going to miss games? Yeah, he's supposed to miss a month on paper. I but I mean, what the first games. November, right? November 6th? I mean, oh, he might miss like I, an exhibition. 
I was reading this as he was expected to miss a month of the season. Oh, no, I thought it was he's going to miss a month, like, leading up oh. to the season. See, I, I totally am interpreting this a different way. Okay, but this was I, an argument on Twitter, by the way, because people couldn't figure out what they were trying to say, and they still haven't cleared it up necessarily. But I believe that it's he's just going to miss the month of October, so this whole month leading up into the season. I think you're right. I think I'm wrong. I think you are the official sleepers injury expert. I don't want to be. <laughs> just you. I think you are. Okay. Uh, I, I hope that's the case. I hope that he can play right away because I'm excited for Donovan Klingon this year. Basketball Jones says D Hills Shador is not very good is a wild take. I've got him as one of the two and a half good players on this entire team. Yeah, that was a wild Dion take, which is why we love Dion. He throws wild takes out there. Shador is very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> like extremely good. Um, e- e- Basella, Ethan Basella said Noah Kim greater than. I think I'd take Shadur. I think so too. More on Michigan State's quarterbacks later this episode. Going to try to end without Carter blocking my number. Uh, Dion jumped in and said, it doesn't take long for me to go to either extreme. Next week, Shador could be a first round pick for me. <laughs> That's very true extremely accurate and then he responded to fam who uh told him he was sad he wasn't on the white boy rankings Dion said i didn't know you were white noted for next week bro <laughs> so we've actually we've received a text from Dion this morning he wants to merge his rankings with your rankings and uh fam i can confirm sources that you are on the current proposed list so big strides from fam this week great job uh, Coy has a comment on Shador. He says, I think he does hold on to the ball too long, and that leads to sacks. Uh, I, mm, I I would say that, but also he always has someone in his face immediately. The one thing I will say about Shador that I wonder, <laughs> I thought he was a lot faster. Does he seem slow to you? I can't figure out his uh, running side of his game because week one, I bet him to score an anytime touchdown. I thought it was going to be great, like lock. And they were in the red zone constantly. And he just never looked to run when it was like very easy, like walk-in touchdowns were available. So I don't know if it's like a mental thing or if it's actually that he's slow. I think it's one of the two. And I don't know which one it is. Yeah, or maybe not necessarily slow, just not as fast as I, I was led on for him to be yeah it's it's weird because he has a lot of like throw on the move mobility and like Mm -hmm. i i think he holds on to it but i think in general like his pocket awareness is pretty good just i don't know something's up he's not like the most mobile guy for being good at some elements of being mobile tristan says if the worst team in the nfl offers the number one pick parentheses caleb williams for jared goff amon ross st brown and aiden hutchinson should the lions say yes no one of the worst trade offers I've ever heard. Yeah, like, damn, all three? Like, we're on pace to go, like, 11 and whatever this year. Like, we're on pace to be an 11-win football team this year. And you want us to blow that up for the prospect that Caleb Williams might be Pat Mahomes? Right. And that Caleb Williams will be throwing to Khalif Raymond, you know, Josh Reynolds, and, like, eh. There are teams that I think should take this approach though like for example i'm terrified that the chicago bears are going to get caleb williams i'm absolutely terrified of that you don't think justin Fields is going to play well enough for them to keep him no i think Mm -hmm. like 
Well, so I am pro fields. Like I have him in a lot of fantasy leagues. I, I was high on his possibilities of being an MVP this season. Genuinely. I think he's a good quarterback. I think the bears pro problems are much bigger beyond Justin Fields performance. The problem is I don't think Justin Fields can hit the press conference and blame the coaches and keep this job. Like if your quarterback's going public saying this is all the coach's fault and setting a tone for a locker room that now has chase Claypool doing the same thing. And the team's going to go two and 15. Yeah. You're gone. Like if, if the bears have a chance to get Drake may or Caleb Williams and their quarterbacks shitting on the staff, he's out. And I, I don't know what world Justin Fields lives in right now. Like I would be clinging to this job. Like I would be very aware that they could make a decision to cut me immediately. And uh, maybe that flips later on in the season, but I think it's pretty obvious at this point, the bears are going to be one of the three worst teams in the league. So okay, two, two things on that quickly. One quick rule of thumb. If your quarterback's acting like Chase, Chase Claypool, you're not in a good position. That's just, that's a, that's a, that's, Consistent with throughout the NFL. If he's acting like Clay, Chase Claypool, you're not in a good spot. Two, flip side, conspiracy theory, put your tinfoil hat on. Justin Fields wants out. He's sick of he's sick of Chicago. He's like, go ahead and take Caleb. Go, let Caleb deal with this. Because it's, it's not a great situation. Also, the story also came out with Caleb Williams pops. Like, if we're going to go to a bad situation, I'll come back to USC. And he could be looking at Chicago like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I think situations flip though. Like, I don't know. They fire their coach. I think that's a much different, like Chicago's a big market. I think a lot of guys would want to play there. I don't think that's one they would turn down. I think if it was like, I don't know what a small market, like if, if Cleveland stumbled, I, I could see them being like, no, thanks. I'm going back to LA, yeah. but sh Chicago, I think they're there. Uh, Malik Perry said, if Colorado can get some more good players, they could be really good. I think a lot of guys would go there for multiple reasons. hundred percent agree. Malik. Uh, I'm, I mean, Dion said it himself, get them while you can. I mean, and people wrote them off. They said, oh, it's Oregon. Now it's going to happen every single week. Nah, that was a one possession game with a minute left to play against a team that has the Heisman quarterback. And a lot of people think can make the college football playoff. Keith Johnson said Dion's take on Dan Campbell is scorching hot. My gut reaction was disgust, but hearing his point, I'm actually a believer. As Greg said, Dan is the man at this particular time. He's been great for it. He's not a Super Bowl caliber coach. We are a top tier team now. We need to stop thinking like a poverty franchise. I got no comments on that. That was a bar. That was that's facts. I just want to give Dan the season because I think there there is a oh, world there's a world where Dan is beyond what we're saying he's capable of. That's it. He also yeah. says the Gibbs talk is fair criticism. He was a miss. Imagine if we got another elite pass rusher to balance Hutchinson. Gibbs is a rookie, so it could pan out, but right now it looks like a reach in the draft. Yeah, definitely does. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco last night, seventh round rookie pick, eighty yards rushing, fifty yards receiving just get a guy in the seventh round. Like, I'm sorry. It, I don't, and I get like, <laughs> we don't need to rehash it, but uh, they drafted fantastic overall. I'm not complaining. Running back at 12 is a little cringy. Ethan Basilla said, I think if you compare our roster to Super Bowl contenders roster, we are still rather far behind. You agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, just because I, I look at teams like the 49ers um, and that's a team to me, like with no really gaping holes um, and teams that do have some, I guess, gaping holes have generational quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so uh, we definitely have holes on our team, I still think, but uh, I don't know, like I could squint and see a world where this is a Super Bowl roster, though, like really good offensive line, some good weapons. Uh, you know, improve secondary, like 
The fact that we, I don't think anyone has brought it up yet, but the fact that we don't mention Cam Sutton at all on a week-to-week basis is just credit to him that he's doing extremely well and he's not Armani Warrior. Like we, that's a huge upgrade of that position. The injuries hurt. CJ Gardner-Johnson obviously being out is absolutely massive. Thank God Brian Branch is okay. I, my young king is still here and balling. Why was he in the game in the fourth quarter, Dan Campbell? Why do you do shit like that and stress my heart? But I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it's a stretch to say that this team can't be a Super Bowl roster. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, what a dog Brian Branch carted off and said, no, nah, let me tape the shit up. I got more tackles to make. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think the truth about the NFL is I don't think there is an elite team. And I think the, the closest two teams that you would say are elite and complete are Buffalo and Philly. And... I like. I think those teams. I are, not, you, would you throw the Niners in there too? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's let's call it a three tier of quote yeah. unquote complete football teams: San Francisco, Philly, and Buffalo. And yeah. I think I think all three of those teams are very good. I think all three of those teams should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, two of those teams are in the NFC. That's unfortunate, but. I think a lot of teams can beat those teams any given day. And I would throw the lions in the group with like Miami and Kansas city that could do that. Obviously Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. I think if you were picking out of that group, who would you rather have in the playoffs? You start with Pat Mahomes because he can just do whatever he wants, but we're living in a world where the Cincinnati Bengals were in the super bowl two years ago and look at them now. I get it's a much different team, but I don't think you need to be a, a loaded team to stumble your way to a Super Bowl in this current era of the NFL. And uh, the Lions are certainly in the mix. They're going to have a great chance to get a bye in the playoffs. If they're not in a bye, I like their chances anyway. Like, <laughs> put us up against home, anybody. Home playoff game. Put us up against anybody, man. I'm not saying, like, I want San Francisco or Philly. Like, those teams are better football teams than Detroit to me. But I'm not running from those games this season. Like, only people I'm running from is the Seahawks. Absolutely running from them. Yeah, I, I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> Never again. Basketball Jones said, if I gave you the Big East minus 21 and a half, not knowing yet which teams will make. Uh, oh, he, sorry. The Big Ten East minus 21 and a half, not knowing which teams will make the Big Ten championship yet. Would you take that line or would you take the West plus 21 and a half? So college football, Big Ten championship game. You could take whoever wins the East minus 21 and a half, or you could take whoever wins the West plus 21 and a half. Ooh. It's a great question. I'd probably take minus 21 and a half, to be honest. I would too. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of who would who would be the team that would step that, that would cover that. The only team I I mean, I think the favorite in the West at this point is Wisconsin. Um I would be surprised if they don't win that division. And I think Wisconsin is good enough to cover 21 against all three of those teams. But okay. On the off chance you get anybody but Wisconsin, I think the line would open at like 27. It's crazy. crazy. Times are bad, man. Times are bad. Luckily, it's just the final year of it. Um, couple quick ones, two more left. Keith Johnson said, Would you be in favor of rivalry trophies in basketball? I get most rivalries play twice, which makes it feel different, but I feel like something could be worked out. Or how about teams in the Champions Classic? We only play them once every two years. Mm. Quickly, I'm not a fan of rivalry trophies. Not a fan of them, to be honest. I'm just not in, like, you know, the jug, you know, the lumberjack. I'm just not in on any of that. That's interesting to me. Was there ever a trophy for anything you played for? 
Uh, there was like when you played like the, the the hope, the hopes of the of the world. There was like some type of I don't know, the uh, iron jug, like artifact or something. Like anything. No, it's I don't, I don't like playing for the trophy in a rivalry. All right. I why do I feel like we need to come up with some stupid name for like a, a sleeper's cup that is given to somebody? I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna think on this a little more, but Please. I play for a I play for a trophy every time I play my dad in golf. We golf like once a week, but it's for a cup every single time. And every the, time the reigning champ holds the cup, keeps it at their house. It's pretty fun. I am a cup guy. Uh I would say I was trying to think of this with basketball because I liked the question. I thought my answer would be yes. And then I started thinking of all these iconic moments and rivalries through my life in college basketball. And I think all of them become infinitely more lame if there's a trophy at the end of it. And I, I don't know what that is, but I'm just like like a, a huge shot that a Carolina player made to beat Duke. And then they're like hoisting a trophy in a regular season game after just feels super wrong to me. So I would vote no on that. I am a proponent of doing something in the non-conference. Like, I think the Champions Classic or some of these other tournaments, I think should be like, you got to win to stay in. That's what I would like to see. And maybe there's a celebration that, like, the team that won Maui is gets to return to Maui for the next four years or something. Yeah. So it's like a four-team bracket. The two teams in the championship of the Champions Classic make it for next year. Yeah. The other two teams play in a game. That team, The winner of the third place stays in for the next season, yeah. and they bring in another team. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to do that in creative ways that don't take a lot of like effort. Um, yeah, just kind of structured the way we have the relegation system in college or in soccer. Or I even said, like, I think the the champions classic is fine. I love the event for what it is. But if it was truly a champions classic, it would be the four most recent national champions. Like you win a national championship, now you get four years of invites yeah. to the champions. Class. Or even like another wrinkle, like in soccer, they take the winner of the Europa League and they play the winner of the Champions League for like a type, like that type of situation. Like you throw the last three national champions and then throw the winner of the NIT in there yeah. or something. Yeah, there's ways to get creative. Call us. Oh, we're we're on the line. Call us. Uh, final comment of the day. It's Ulamog's Discord guy of the week. Drum roll, please. Discord guy of the week goes to Koi with the cold DMing members. I'm pretty sure he drove the most signups since the first two weeks of the Discord. Also for offering to help with Ryan's studies. Don't pay for LinkedIn premium. The real networking is the sleepers Discord. Congratulations, Koi. It was always Koi, if we're being honest. It, with was, it was always Koi. I believe Koi was the first winner of uh, our Sleepy Award for yeah. sleepers fan of the year. Sleeper of the year. Yes, he was. Yeah, incredible, incredible stuff from Koi. Um, you just gotta love it, man. Like I this is where it would start for me too. Like I, I'm glad Koi got some recognition. I hope everybody else in the Discord gets recognition too, because there's a lot of people that deserve it. I'd also like to call out uh Travis Nelson with a really heartwarming comment this week in the Discord. He said, I just need to say he needs a place for sports thoughts, and this is the perfect place. I really appreciate all you guys in here and the sleepers fandom we share. Like I, I saw that at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night and the heartstrings got tugged. Shout out to you, Travis Nelson. And shout out to everybody in the Discord. We're feeling the love. We're feeling the support. Uh, and anybody not in the Discord, we'd love to see in there. It certainly would help us a ton. So uh, we're having fun. You can join the Discord. The link is in the description of every video that we do. Okay. We got to try and make these episodes quicker. We've been trying. That's feedback from my mother-in-law also. But uh, yet again, here we are halfway through the episode. And Tammy? Yeah, she... she 
we got together with the fam. She was like, you gotta, you gotta trim these episodes, Greg. All right. We tried though. We're trying just so much fun stuff to talk about. We're trying. Uh, all right. New, new deadline is 11 15. That's the new deadline. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'm still uh, sitting for 11 and five. I want to start today's episode talking about the Arterio Morris situation at Kansas. For those that are unaware, Arterio Morris has been dismissed from the Kansas basketball program. This comes after Arterio has been uh, named and accused of a rape that has happened on Kansas's campus. This is a new incident and not the incident that Arterio was originally in hot water for during his time at Texas, where he was accused of a misdemeanor charge. I believe it was an assault charge. So pretty messy situation here. Arterio Morris no longer on Kansas for the season. Obviously, that has an impact on their basketball side of things. It's also a pretty crazy situation as far as I can't believe they let him on this team in the first place. Uh, and I have some thoughts on it all, but uh, I'll just throw it to you. Where do you want to start with this? What's uh, what's kind of the big, I don't know if there's a takeaway or what. What's what's your thought on the Arterio Morris, Kansas? So I, got, I have three main takeaways from this. One, uh, I'll start on a positive note. Good on Kansas for actually doing the process, kicking them off the team, not stringing this along. I think they did. They acted pretty promptly on handling the situation and actually removing him from the team and doing all that. Um, my second point, I also think that Kansas should be held accountable somewhat. And I don't know if this is a universal take, but if you accept a player who has this type of history and had these type of, um, you know, situations, allegations against him. I think that you should somewhat be held accountable if it happens again at your, you know, under your, under your watch. Um, now I'm not saying they can like keep an eye on him 24 seven and have full blame for this, but you knew what he was accused of before he went there. And then he goes there and he damn near does it again. So to me, some accountability and I, I don't know what, what the actual phrase I would use for it is like, but I think that Kansas is has to feel somewhat responsible for this, uh, even if it's in a very minuscule way. Um, and then the third thing about it is just from a basketball perspective, this really hurts Kansas. Like I thought in the preseason, Arterio Morris was playing well in the Bahamas trip. Um, he looked to be a guy who was actually knocking down shots as well. And um, you know, for all the things that people said about Kansas and is Timberlake going to be a guy who can shoot it? Is El Marco Jackson going to be a guy who can shoot it? You know, Arteo Morris was that other guy who they kind of put into the fold of being able to be a shooter and a scorer for this basketball team. So I, I think it really hurts them, and it puts a lot of pressure on uh, El Marco Jackson and Nick Timberlake uh, to, to to produce at a high level now. So uh, it definitely hurts them. Um, and, I, and I don't know if this, you know, relates uh, apples to apples, but uh, – probably like five, maybe even, oh shit, almost like seven years ago, something like that. Michigan State football took a defensive end who literally had like a sexual assault charge in high school, came to Michigan State's campus, happened again on Michigan State's campus. Like, and then when that happened, I was like, this is, this, this is somewhat of a black eye on the Michigan State football coaches and program. 
because they knew what this kid did in high school. Credit to them for giving him a second chance, but when he does it at the same time on your under your watch, I, I feel like you're somewhat responsible for it. Yes, I agree. Uh, I don't have much as far as basketball that I care about in this situation. I think Arterio Morris was going to be good. I thought he was great on the overseas trip. Obviously, losing a player that you expected to maybe be your starting shooting guard and at worst be your sixth man is impactful and problematic for the Kansas basketball team. Uh, I am kind of baffled by the way this news has been I guess relayed publicly to people like I'm very confused why there isn't more outrage about this. And I don't want to just go like screaming outrage or play like your tragedy versus my tragedy here. Uh, But I'm trying to imagine like if this had happened to Tom Izzo, he's getting crucified (laughs) and I'm not a Michigan state basketball fan, but I I can accurately assess the way the media has covered things like this with Tom Izzo in the past. And look, I think Tom Izzo has made mistakes with giving guys second chances and overlooking some serious things. And I think the media has correctly covered those as far as the problems with that. They've also accused him of doing some things he had nothing to do with. Like they've accused him of being a part of a cultural toxicity at Michigan state that has nothing to do with Tom Izzo. And Man, like Bill Self knew this guy had an assault charge. Like the the allegations were horrible at the time. He was allowed to play all of last season at Texas. And then they just, it's like they didn't care. And then they brought him here and there's an immediate rape. Like within months of being at camp, there's a rape. That's horrible. And I feel like the way this is being covered is not at all like, this is a really bad look for Bill Self, or why did Bill Self do this, or Kansas enabled this to happen? None of that's been said. Honestly, the only person I've heard say that at all is Rob Doster. And I give Rob a lot of credit for saying it. I think his mentions were pretty toxic, but I'm just baffled. I'm baffled because I think there's a lot of other coaches in the country that if they make this mistake and this is the result, they are under fire. It's front page ESPN News. And I cannot figure out why that's not the case with Bill Self. I know he's that, that's that's why because he's the best coach in the sport, so he can yeah, do whatever and it, he wants. That's that's why it's awful. Like literally, it's awful. That's the and that's the reason it, that nothing's being said about it because it is Bill Self. And it, it even I, honestly, a lot of the media members that I saw, it was all praising Bill Self. Actually, which is even crazier to me. They're praising Bill Self for you know acting swiftly, getting rid of him, doing all this and, uh, you know, doing the right thing when it was very, also it was very public information what Arterio Morris did, especially on the last, it was very nasty stuff or I'm not going to dive into the details of it, but what he was accused of and the evidence that was presented was extremely disgusting stuff. I was very surprised he even played at Texas, to be honest. I mean, not as surprised when I saw who their head coach was before Rodney Terry, but it, it was pretty nasty stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, I think Bill Self took a took an extreme risk by taking Arterio Morris, by the way, and it's it's blowing up in his face. But it's yeah. really not blowing up in his face, kind of to what you're pointing to. Like people are, it's 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 really not even in the news. I feel like yeah, it's like the slant on the news here is just like, oh, Arterio's dismissed. Like there's a lot more to this story than just that to me, and I don't I don't get why no one wants to talk about it. Um, 
I and I don't even know what I'm like. I don't. It's not like I want Bill Self to be like horrifically punished in any way for this. I just I think it was a really bad look, and we're kind of acting like it wasn't a bad look, and that's weird uh, to me. I, I I don't know. I'm all for like, okay, give guys second chances, whatever. They're young. They're college kids. I don't really think you deserve a second chance if you're accused of something involving like harassment, assault charges to women. I just don't. And if you want to call me crazy for that, whatever, uh, I, I, we're not necessarily trying to make moral judgments across the board, but that's, that is one thing I just don't think we need to give kids second chances for. <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about that. And that applies in other sports. Like I'm, I'm bummed out that miles bridges is just like back. I'm bummed out about that. Redacted. I'm bummed out that there's a lot of guys, a lot of athletes that seem to just be giving chance after chance that make mistakes like this. And it's frustrating to me that it's happening at the college level. It's frustrating to me that it's happening beyond that. Um, It's not good. It's incredibly easy to not assault people. It's incredibly easy to not hit women. It's incredibly easy to be the adult in the room and not want people that hit women associated with your program. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I it's, wish we would do that. It's a nasty double standard. It truly is. It's nasty. It's, I mean, you go back to the Chris Beard thing, nasty, nasty double standard dude strangled his wife and beat his wife. And people are talking about, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. You know, people are in relationships uh, arguments happen. We don't know what it, we don't know what their relationships like a year later. He's getting a huge bag at Ole Miss. Yeah, just just be better collectively sports institutions like I, I feel like there's so much ickiness involved across the board right now, and it's it's bothersome to me. So, all right. Uh, not exactly great <laughs> vibes to start off the show. Kansas basketball will be very good, but I do think there's an element of this that's going to hang over the season, man. There's a lot of weird shit going on with personalities in that locker room. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they recover from losing Arterio Morris because uh, it could definitely have damaging effects. Let's move to football. The rest of this episode is going to be college football based. Uh, we'll get back to basketball stuff likely later in the week. We're going to have another list of guys, guys starting uh-huh. tomorrow. I can't wait for it. Uh, and some news to drop later in the week with another sleepers edition. But for today, we're going to talk about Michigan football. And then we're going to talk about Michigan state football a little bit as well. Uh, Michigan football. Are they the best team in the country? Because <laughs> it feels to me like this team is very good as they've been the last couple of years. Obviously, they have the big names on the offensive side of the football. J.J. McCarthy, for the most part, looks great this season. Blake Corum is back. He's fantastic. Roman Wilson has emerged. He leads the country in receiving touchdowns like that's a three headed monster that I would put up there with pretty much any team in the country. And it's not just skill position guys. Like they're pretty good in the trenches. They're winning games, the Michigan way, the ugly, just grind you down, suffocate you on defense, et cetera. Like Michigan football is for real. They've been for real and they're here to stay. That's how I feel about this team. The interesting thing to me is that for the first time that Michigan's been really good, you look around the country and everybody looks vulnerable. Like, Georgia is almost losing to Peyton Thorne and like Brock Bowers had to go superhuman Gronk mode to save them from that disaster. Alabama's down. Uh, I think Texas is probably the other team you'd throw out as maybe the best team in the country. And I mean, Texas was in a dogfight with Kansas in the yeah. third quarter without Florida, Florida state dogfight with Boston college. And uh, you know, had some breaks in the Clemson game. 
Yeah. And so, and then you look back, like a lot of Michigan's biggest threats, I think, are in this division. They have to get through Penn State, who has looked really good. But again, dogfight with Northwestern <laughs> for much of this game. Uh, and Ohio State looks really good. That win against Notre Dame is really going to matter for them, I think, looking down the road. Like, had they lost that game, I think it's a totally different season for them. So, um, I don't know. I, I see this as a door is wide open for the first time in Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan, even with how good those teams have been. I think the door is wide open. Do you think that that is the correct read on Michigan's place in college football this season? Yeah, no, I think it is. And I think that the emphasis should be put on more so about the door being open outside of Michigan's football team actually being good. Cause they're always good. Like they were good last year. They were good the year before that. It was just that, there was no team in the country that was beating the Georgias. Like there was no teams in the country that were beating these other teams. And uh, I think that Michigan is a team that they're, they're, they're really good, but they do have flaws as well. Um, And I don't, but they're very minuscule. I would say like, it's, it'd be like a nitpicking type thing. Like last year it was so special before Corum got hurt that Corum and Edwards are like damn near two of the best running backs in the country. Edwards hasn't been able to get it going this season. Obviously, it hasn't affected them up to this point uh, just because they've been able to do other things. Roman Wilson stepped up on the outside. J.J. McCarthy has been pretty solid, pretty good as well. So I don't want to say solid to come come across as hating. J.J. McCarthy has been good outside of the Bowling Green game, which he was still good. He just threw picks. Um, But the only thing I'll push back on is that this just can't be the number one team in the country because they have not played anybody unfortunately like they haven't played anybody um they yes it is a road game at nebraska nebraska is never an easy place to play michigan fans know that all too well not an easy place to play nebraska is a bad football team and i can look at other teams and just you know go win for win type situation i just think it's a team that deserves to be ahead of them like florida state beat lsu on a neutral florida state beat clemson at clemson very tough place to play uh, so just at this point, not to Michigan's fault, I just can't put like those teams above a Texas either. Texas wins at Alabama. Alabama might be down in some people's eyes, but they're still a really good football team. And they went into Tuscaloosa and won. Like you, you just can't go win for win and matchup for matchup in my head and put Michigan above those teams as far as rankings. But that's not to take away from Michigan actually looking around the country and being like, this is our season to to get these guys because we actually do have a good football team. And I don't think the country has that dominant, absolutely juggernaut football team this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I am not here to advocate for them being the number one team in the country. Uh, I think it's a Georgia spot until Georgia blows it. And I don't think like grinding out a rivalry win on the road against Auburn to me isn't like, oh, they need to drop in the rankings. They didn't play great and they look vulnerable, but they're still the number one team in the country until proven otherwise. Uh, this Michigan team, to me, they feel a little top heavy. Like, I, I think their big names are superstars, and that's great. I, like, defensively, they've held every single team they've played five games. Nobody scored more than seven points against them. I don't know if that's because I think this defense is elite or if it's because of the teams they're playing. It's probably a mix. Like, I, I don't know if UNLV or Nebraska would get to 28 against anybody and they got the seven against Michigan. Is that a credit to Michigan or is it a 
I don't know. Is it damaging to who they were playing? It's probably a mix of both, but it like just the names on defense of this team don't scare me as much as the last couple seasons. Like I know they're playing great, but I don't really, I don't view this defense as having like three to four guys that I think could be NFL guys defensively the way they've had the last couple of years. And then offensively, like, like I said, those three guys are phenomenal. Corum McCarthy Wilson, I think is probably the best three headed trio at those three positions any team has on the offensive side of the football, other than maybe one of the Pac-12 teams. But outside of that, I'm a little scared. I don't think their receiving threats are much of a threat at all. Like Cornelius Johnson's the second best receiver on this team. He has one touchdown on the year. Roman Wilson has eight. Uh, Colston Loveland, I think, is emerging and looks great as a tight end. But to me, the receiver group is a little bit down, and this is going to sound crazy. I don't even really think Roman Wilson's that good. I know he's had some highlight mm-hmm. catches, and his numbers are stupid, but I think like there's a world where they play Penn State at night at Penn State, or they play Ohio State, and the team just says, we're just going to take away Roman Wilson. Yeah, Ro- Roman Wilson would be the third. Like Roman Wilson, no disrespect to him. I I just don't think he's the number one receiver on like a, a national championship college football level team yeah i and his numbers back it up like his numbers are video game numbers they're stupid but i just i still view him as a guy as a great defense could take him away and if they take him away what happens like i don't love the secondary options here donovan edwards it it looks horrible for lack of a better word uh and it hasn't mattered because he's their backup running back they have quorum and they're up 30 in all these games but like donovan edwards is not running the ball the way he has in the last two seasons he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry this year uh it's two and a half yards less than blake quorum is per touch Last year, it was very much like a thunder and lightning. You got to sprinkle them both in and it's dynamic. This year, it's like we're trying to give Donovan Edwards the ball because he's Donovan Edwards and he's not doing anything with it. So I don't know. I just uh, like they feel thin, like outside of those three guys. I'm worried about what happens if either like someone takes away Roman Wilson or God forbid somebody just struggles or goes down or has a, a, a hiccup here. I don't love the options outside of that. Now it's nitpicking because Michigan's really damn good. They're probably the favorite in every game they play this season. But um, to me, yeah, in the question of like, is it their title to lose? Are they the favorite? I think it comes down more to the teams outside of them and health for Michigan than it does like Michigan taking a leap forward beyond what they've been the last couple of years. Let me ask you this. If you had to uh, like, you have to pick one team in the country in college football. And if you correctly assess the team and you pick the winner who will win the national champion, you get a hundred thousand dollars. If you don't, you can't see your dog for the next calendar year. You have to give me an answer too. You're not pressed out and not giving me an answer. What is the team that you pick? Cause I, if I'm being honest, it's either Michigan or Ohio state for me. Hmm. Not a Big Ten team for me. Really? No. Huh. I think I think I go Florida State. I think I go Florida State. <laughs> Say goodbye to your dog, man. I'm sorry. I, Say goodbye be, to your dog. He's gonna be in good hands. That's all I'm saying. Like, but man, Florida State. They're they're Michigan? your favorite to win the national championship. Yeah. I mean, Cade Klubnick had him in hell. And they won. Okay. 
I would I would be very surprised if Florida State makes the playoff, let alone wins at all. Really? Like I just I think they're gonna drop one at some point. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll be there. Okay. All right. I, maybe I got to tap in and buy into Florida State a little more. Um, I, I, the obvious answer to me would have been Georgia still, if not this. But I, I think if you're if you're skeptical of Georgia, I think it's got to be Michigan or Ohio State. Mm, no, I think I'll go. I, Georgia would probably be my second choice. I, <laughs> I, I'm baffled that these great SEC teams are ending up with quarterbacks like Carson Beck and Jalen Milrow. Like, what, what do we do? Like, can't you not go get any quarterback you want? Yeah, it feels like they didn't play the transfer market great this year. Yeah, like, why is Sam Hartman not at Alabama right now? Somebody really dropped the bag not just stealing Drake May. I know there were rumors on that, but, like, good Lord, walk into whatever tobacco road, walk right down that road, pull up in your Argyle-striped sweaters and rip that man away from Chapel Hill. (laughs) I don't think he could have, though. Didn't he transfer from Bama? Drake May? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, he did. He transferred from Bama to North Carolina? Yes. No, he decommitted. Oh, he did? I think. Oh, I he thought he transferred from Bama. Says he flipped his commitment from Alabama to North Carolina. Okay, my apologies. And then, but then this offseason, he turned down two $5 million deals. That's crazy. Well, yeah. All right, I, I might be... <laughs> I might be out on Drake May because I don't know if his decision making <laughs> is good. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's wild. So, okay, my final college football at large take that I think does play into Michigan a little bit here. I think given the fact that there is no dominant team across the board, like Georgia, Georgia's good. They're still probably the team to beat to me, but I, I, I think they could lose to anybody. Like there's seven teams I think could beat Georgia any given day. I think when we get to the college football playoff, when it's just four teams left, whoever the four teams are, you can pick them out of a hat. You're going to have at least one from the SEC, at least one from the Big Ten, probably the ACC winner, probably the Pac-12 winner if somebody runs the table. There you go. And, oh, Texas is obviously in that as well. Um, wow, that could be a complicated playoff. If, yeah. if if Imagine if Florida State's undefeated, Texas is undefeated, a Pac-12 team's undefeated. Yeah, these teams are going to start playing, but that, I just don't see that. Yeah, if it does get to that, but there's no way it ends like that. I mean, if there if there's an undefeated team from all five conferences, that's very doable. Like so either USC or Washington or Oregon is undefeated. Michigan or Ohio State is undefeated. Georgia well, is undefeated. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, Georgia, Michigan or Ohio State, somebody from the Pac-12, Florida State, and uh, Texas. What the hell do you do? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be wild. You're going to start looking at like wins and shit like that, like actual like st- analytics. <laughs> that would be crazy. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That'd be crazy. But my yeah. point is, what whoever the final four teams are, I think what it will come down to this year truly is quarterback play. And like if if we get to a final four, just imagine a world for me here that's Carson Beck, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and Quinn Ewers. Shit's gonna get interesting. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah, except we see what play we, we see what playoff JJ looks like. I know. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it might I think if it got down to those four teams, I think I'm on team Quinn Ewers. <laughs> that's crazy, which is crazy. JJ's good though. He's been good. Bowling Green yeah. is bad, but He's making throws like on the run, like you're squinting and you can see a little of the the crazy cops. 
I I still don't see those, but yes, he has played. He's played really. When is their like next game when they actually like play? Well, what's the next hardest game for them? They don't play anybody good until, I mean, they play Michigan State and uh, <laughs> that was a little joke. Sorry. <laughs> Facts. They uh they they're at Penn State. That's the first true tough game. That's okay. Everything else is like over a touchdown favorite. Gotcha. That's crazy. They got they got they got opportunities. They do have opportunities. Um can you give me like like Barks root beer, Caleb Williams? No, no, no. No, there's no I'm not allowed to do any Caleb Williams comp for JJ. No. Mm-mm. What about like I'll give I'll give you handsome squidward faced Drake May. What is it with handsome squidward face? Like JJ's objectively he, handsome. He he has a hand, he has a very like box head. Do you realize like you can't just call every good Michigan player handsome squidward? Iggy Brasdakis being handsome squidward was funny because they actually kind of looked alike and Squidward was ugly and Iggy Bro, was ugly. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little side by side thing and you, you'll you'll just see it. JJ McCarthy's just a good looking dude. You don't need to go handsome Squidward. Um please, please relax. What about like I feel like he's Shea Patterson, but like a what's a nice version of Shea Patterson? Uh, he's like, oh, Baja oh. Baja Blast Shea Patterson. Is he tall Baker Mayfield? I like that. That's a, you can win a national title with tall Baker Mayfield. You could. You absolutely not. Is he? Hmm. Is he youth? church bro you're telling me that's not a handsome squiggler face build face not at all that's just a handsome dude okay i'm gonna put them next to each other it's just a handsome yeah. dude you can't you're not allowed to do this with every michigan player it's not everyone but the but the, the, the only squidward, times you bring out handsome squidward is for michigan players that's the it we're fits and michigan state players are ugly uh i had one other jj thing real quick sorry no it's just all over the place i'm gonna be really sad when i remember it because it was funny but now i don't have it all right let's let's move on oh my bad didn't see you there you've been finding the void in your life something that you need a sense of community a sense of want a sense of being there what better place than to join the sleepers media discord where we have a community we have discussions we have engagements and We have betting advice in there. For anyone who wants to get into that betting world, we are more than happy to be your betting Obi-Wan Kenobi and lead you to the greatness of maybe greener pastures and more money. But for the small price of $9.99, if you join on the web, don't join on mobile, join on the web, you can join Sleepers Media Discord and you can have the safety and the beauty of being able to talk to me and Greg at any time you want. And we are active in the Discord. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Join the Discord, Sleepers Media, nine ninety nine on the web. Do it now. All right, from one side of the state of college football to the other, Michigan State, very frustrating game uh, in their loss at Iowa at Kinnick. Cade McNamara goes down. All of a sudden, you think you have a chance. I was texting you and uh, TJ in our group chat on like, hey, I haven't watched this game. I'm out at dinner. I don't know what's going on. Is there value to jump on Michigan State money line? And your text to me was like, if we just don't turn the ball over, yeah. Well, we turned the ball over a ton. Uh, Noah Kim was awful. Trey Mosley broke his arm and fumbled at the end of the game. And then, of course, the punt return was the dagger 
uh, in a very winnable game. I thought Michigan State outplayed Iowa for the most part, other than self-inflicted mistakes. Now, the thing is, Yao played Iowa, who was essentially playing an offensive lineman at quarterback. Like, I don't want to take too much away from this of like, oh, Michigan State really outplayed a pretty great Iowa defense. Like, they had an offensive lineman at quarterback, and it was a toss-up game even without the turnovers. With the turnovers, it was too much to overcome. So, I don't know. There's a lot of mess here. Obviously gross. Obviously a blown opportunity. At the same time, probably time for a quarterback change. And I've come on here repeatedly and said that you should stick with Noah Kim. You shouldn't go to Kaden Hauser. Well, I don't know at this point. It's clear that Noah Kim isn't the making making the most of his opportunity. I still don't believe Kaden Hauser is like an upgrade, but uh, you can't just keep trotting Noah Kim out while he keeps throwing interceptions the way he has been the last couple of games. He's not putting this team in a position to succeed. Um, and I think a, a lot of people have come around on this, like even the people that are skeptical of Caton, like the the actual Lansing State Journal type media types are doing this the right way and kind of writing like, hey, it's probably time to see what you've got behind Noah. And then there's the loud contingent that's been hashtag team Caton since Peyton Thorne was in the building that uh, are very, very loud. That quarterback is the problem here. So I'll throw it to you. What do you make of all this? I want your, your quarterback thoughts, obviously, but where do you start with from takeaways from Michigan state football? All right. Well, I'm a, can I, can I do something a little bit different here, Gregory? Can I, can I talk about Michigan state football without having the QB discourse? I, I praise you for doing this. I yeah, really let's just, do. let's just do it. Let's just do it because I'm at this point, I'm like, you know, Noah Kim is who he is. Who even knows what Caden Hauser is? We don't even know if we're bringing in the second coming. We're, we might be bringing in white privilege Noah Kim. Who really knows? So I'm I'm kind of sick of discussing the quarterback thing at this point because I want to talk about other aspects of this game. Um, when you are, let's just put it in a, in a bubble with a phrase just to wrap everything up here. You're kind of not a good football team. I think you got some talented players. You got some guys who I think have can can really play the game really well. But I don't necessarily know if I would label this team as a extremely talented team. Um, I think they have some talented players. Obviously, the situation going outside the program, there's also a cloud hanging over the program and these players, which needs to be addressed because I think a lot of people criticize this football team, but there's so much going on with this football team outside of the actual what goes on in between the lines and that's very hard to play with I'm assuming I haven't been through something like that but you know a college kid going through this definitely probably affects them somewhat but when you aren't the most talented team in the world you have to damn near play perfect okay like and I'm not saying perfect like complete every pass or make sure you run the ball every single down but you cannot make mental errors you need to control the controllables you need to not have turnovers. You need to not have, you know, deathly penalties in this game. And and we did not do that. And I also don't think the coaches did the best job. Just, just some play calls that I think were just a little bit irking to me. Uh, the one that sticks out in my mind is that we're up three on our own 40. And we have Noah Kim at quarterback. Now, for those who don't know Noah Kim's measurements, he ain't shaped like Jalen Hurts. He ain't shaped like the Josh Allens of the world. Uh, he's 100 and probably 80 pounds, maybe soaking wet. And you run a sneak with them and you get stuffed at your own yard line when you could punt to the backup quarterback. And at this point of the game, your punter has had a really, really good game, by the way, too, has pinned Iowa extremely deep and they have not been able to move the football. But instead you say, you know what, let's go for this. And then you miss it and you gift Iowa three points. And 
<laughs> and I texted you this, Greg, and this this sequence has been playing in my head since the moment this game happened, okay? Um, they they get their three points to tie the game. Noah Kim legacy drive. The Kinnick magic, Kinnick Kim, the legend's about to be born. Third and three, okay? False start. Tragic. We go from third and three to third and eight. What are we going to draw up here on third and eight? Timeout. Play clock's going down. We didn't get the play call in time. All right, let's regroup. Let's get it together. Third and eight. Coming out of the timeout, what are we going to run? Another false start. All right, now we're way behind the sticks. We were third and 13, or third and three. Now we're third and 13, okay? What are we going to draw up? Ah, nice little out route to Montori Foster Jr., Kim Overthrow. All right, this is really, really ass. Um, but, you know, it's it's Iowa's quarterback. He hasn't really moved this team down the field all day. Okay, here's what, we got our punter. He had that 15-yard shank last time, but before that, he had Pat McAfee tweeting about him that he's the best punter he's seen in a while. And I honestly was saying the same thing. I tweeted, punter you. And I regret that tweet still to this moment that I'm talking to you right now. Proceeds to send a 30-yard line drive punt to one of the most dangerous white boys in the country on the football field with a 20-yard head start because there wasn't anybody on the screen when he caught this ball. Touchdown. And just like that, in a game where I was with their backup quarterback and they're playing with the second coming of Jared Lorenzen, a damn near nose tackle at quarterback, and we get put in the damn blender by Cooper DeGene. And then, you know, maybe we can maybe we can actually come score, though. We still have chance. There's still time on the clock. Noah Kim completes one of the few throws that were actually accurate. And credit to Noah Kim. He had a lot of turnovers in this game. He had a lot of overthrows. But he also damn near made some pretty good throws in this game to guys like Malik Carr before he got hurt and other guys. But the one good throw he makes, nice little screen pass to Trey Mosley, five-yard gain. I'm thinking what's going to happen on the next play. And Trey Mosley gets absolutely annihilated, probably hurts his arm and fumbles the ball. Game over. Iowa, that's it. And it, it's just, I don't know. It's just we had an opportunity. And I told you when it happened, all we had to do was not turn over the ball. That's it. Just take care of it. Don't force anything. And we could not do that. And it's just, it's frustrating. It is, especially because not to nitpick at Noah Kim, but like the turnovers, the interceptions that he has are just so bad. They're just like, either there's nothing there. It's an overthrow. Uh, he's trying to do something that he, I just don't know if he has in his game. And it's just, I don't know. It, it was a, it was kind of a deflating loss because I think that there were so many mental errors and things that are avoidable, both with players and coaching staff uh, that led to a very winnable game becoming a loss. And it sucks. And I'm sorry that was very long-winded, but that is that's that is what it is. Yeah, the truth of the situation is that this is going to be a horrible season. And yeah. uh, I don't know that there should have been expectations for anything different. But at this point, like we, as Michigan State fans, I put myself in that group need to come to terms with that it sucks but it is what it is but and also um, we said this was going to be like in in reality like we knew this was not going to be a good football season before everything happened right like wasn't that's, that kind of wasn't that kind of the consensus there was always hope but that's the thing is this roster just wasn't very good when they had their head coach and now they don't have their sexual deviant head coach and there's a lot of guys who want to leave so like I, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, he built a horrible roster. The roster's still bad. The coaching staff he had is still bad. They just don't even have the guy who maybe could have given them a chance to put things together. 
And it's a really hard spot for everyone involved. It's easy to blame players. It's really easy to blame quarterback. My frustration with the quarterback stuff in general is just that, again, I think there's a thousand problems with this football team. Like the Noah Kim was horrible. He did not give them a chance to win this football game. That's true. It's also true that the two biggest reasons it went from a coin flip game to Iowa has the lead and they won the game are plays that had nothing to do with quarterback, like Trey Mosley fumbling and the punt return had nothing to do with quarterback. So uh, I, I am willing to say truthfully as a guy who has avoided this and been anti this the whole time, it is time to give Kate and Hauser the rock. And the only reason I say that is because I'm like choking. I can't, I don't think my body's ready for me to even say that. Uh, the only reason I say that is because Noah Kim has not given this team chances to win football games. And I don't know that any quarterback would. We kind of did a hypothetical of like, what if you drop the best quarterback in the country on this team? How much better does that make them? I don't know the answer to that question, but I know if Caleb Williams was on this team, they beat Iowa. I know if anybody competent was on this team, they have a better chance to beat Iowa than what Noah Kim did this week. And it's now two straight weeks of that. It's two straight weeks of sloppy, horrible turnovers. That one he made throwing left was just horrendous. Um, Like just like 20 yards under throws a ball right to a guy. And at the very least, you have to be more responsible. Like if you're going to be the veteran guy who's clinging to this job over a younger, more problematic guy, you can't make mistakes. You just need to not put your football team in horrible positions. And Noah Kim has not done that in two weeks. So Look, I still don't agree with it. I don't agree with the mentality of like, hey, what are we playing for anyway? Let's play the guy with the ceiling who's going to make the mistakes. I've never agreed with that. Like, to me, that's a loser mentality. It's a bad way to approach a football season. And honestly, looking back, like, look at Auburn this week. Why aren't they playing some young guy with upside? Like, they already lost a game. Why are they trying to beat Georgia? Like, because it's football. You, you should try to win games if you can win games. And I think truthfully, they thought that Noah Kim was going to give them the best chance to win games. Now we're at a point where he's not doing that. It's not about upside. It's not about some higher ceiling. It's Noah Kim isn't giving the team chances to win games the way he was supposed to. So I, I would move to Caton. Um, it might be horrible. Like I, I truly don't believe Caton Hauser's a better quarterback than Noah Kim, but I do think it's time to make the change. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. Just because, like, I think you just said it. When you put an older guy in there or, like, a veteran guy, th- this is the thing for me. I wasn't expecting Noah Kim to go out here every single week and put up, like, unbelievable numbers. I was a little more realistic in what I thought Noah Kim could do. But at the minimum, I thought we could avoid bad turnovers. Yeah. And and that's what he's done up to this point. And uh, I think a, other people might have been a lot harder on him. I'm not, like – Noah Kim can't make throws that some guys can make. And that's fine. Not every quarterback in the country can do that. But you just you can't not make the throws and not do things and then turn the ball over. And he he did make some throws, obviously, in this game and some previous games. I think he did. I don't think he gets credit for them, but he, he did make some throws. But you can't turn the ball over, especially with where this team is. This team can't afford turnovers. We can't. Yeah. And, the, and, and they're bad turnovers. I don't mean to put like uh, you know uh interceptions worth more than another interception but like it, it'd be another thing if he's trying to like i don't know like maybe force a play or like make a a 50 50 ball and his receiver doesn't make a play 
that I, I think there's been some drops in previous games with him doing that at quarterback, but it's just like some of these interceptions are like, what are you looking at? Like, what are you, why are you throwing that ball? And, you know, we're going to see what happens with Caden. It's, it's kind of crazy. Cause it, it, you know, Caden could come out on the first drive and go two for four with 14 yards and we're punting on a three and out, but he didn't, but it, it, it you know, the discourse around it is going to be shiny new toy kind of thing. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it also might be unbearable if Caden's special or good. Not even special, good. I hope it oh. happens. I truly do. I know I've come across as a very anti-Caden guy over the last couple of weeks. I truly hope that Caden takes the ball and is special. I hope it gives this football team some hope. I hope it shifts the season. It might happen. I'm not ruling that out as a possibility. I do ask, like my one request of Michigan State football fans uh, is that I, I want you to keep the same energy. Like if Caden Hauser comes in and has a Noah Kim stat line, I don't want to hear excuses made for Caden Hauser that weren't made for Noah Kim. Is that fair? Is that a fair ask? Like, let's just, and maybe if he's great, we, we have to be acknowledge and be honest. He's great and hype it up. If he comes out and throws two picks and goes nine for 24 and they lose next week, I would like to assess that the way we have with Noah Kim, which is this we is should. horrible. He's holding the team back. On this podcast, on this Zoom, with these mics, I can promise you we will do that. Okay, I appreciate. You have it. My, you have my word. Yeah, my, anything my, else outside of that, I can't. I can't give it to you. Yeah, it's just it's it's sad, man. It's frustrating because um, I don't know. Like my my frustration point with the whole quarterback conversation still. Uh, and I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna throw a shot. Cart, can I throw a shot? Do I have your blessing to throw a shot? Please. I'm gonna throw a shot at someone I actually really like, and we we did his show, Justin Spiro, one of probably my favorite in person interview I've ever done. I'm gonna throw a shot because he had a tweet that was, uh, it was a picture of Andrew Maxwell, and mm-hmm. he basically just said Noah Kim, Andrew Maxwell 2.0. Here's the difference: Andrew Maxwell was sabotaging a Rose Bowl ready team. <laughs> That's what Andrew Maxwell was doing. Noah Kim's not sabotaging shit. Except for himself. This team's horrendous. This team would be horrendous with a really good quarterback. He's not ruining things. He's only ruining his job as the starter. And look, I hope I'm wrong, you guys. I hope Kaden Hauser comes out and flips everything. The whole season's different. But stop it. Stop acting like quarterback is dragging this team backwards from what it would be. That's not the case. It And you know what else, Cart, truthfully? Being a starting quarterback on a bad football team is a hard job. It's a shitty job, okay? When everything around you stinks, when guys drop passes, when the offensive line just makes back-to-back false starts out of timeouts on the clutchest drive of the game, when you have no protection, like, it's a really difficult job to look good as a quarterback. (laughs) So, uh, like, these guys haven't been put in the best spot. And has Noah Kim failed? Yeah. It's time to give the keys to someone else. But the discourse from Michigan State fans around Noah Kim is the reason for this, or he's holding the team back, is just ridiculous to me. And if I'm wrong, I'll say it next week. But uh, I think it's going to be really hard for Kayton to look like an upgrade, and he deserves his chance. We'll see what happens. But just stop it. Just, like, be excited for Kayton. That's fine. Don't drag Noah Kim under the bus like this team should be 4-1 and one if they had a competent quarterback. It's not the case. Yeah, also – <laughs> if Caden balls out this this these last couple of games, he'll be in Tallahassee next year. <laughs> That's sad, but it's probably true. Like won't won't he? That's <laughs> he'll, sad. he'll be he'll take over for if he's nasty in these six games. He'll be he'll be with Deburr. 
the I board. Mean, as long as as if you get Elko, as long as he brings broken Riley Leonard with him, then I guess we don't care, you know. But I don't know. Weird transitional time. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I just don't like uh like it feels like the Michigan State football fans I actually like love in my life are taking some things out on me and i don't like that you you got a little mad at me via text this weekend i don't even get what i did T, like i didn't get i didn't get mad at you my boy Tej was just coming after me like i wasn't even watching the game and Tej is sending texts like we know you're not a michigan state fan like i hadn't tweeted anything i hadn't even watched the game i'm like dog what's what's going on here i'm just probably kidding. the peyton thorn first quarter hype up tweet did okay seriously was thorn not good yeah he yeah he's good he was good this week. Like, yeah. are we supposed to still hate him? <laughs> I, I he wanted to leave, so like I'm not messing with him. Okay, that's that's fine. But like, I, it wasn't meant to like troll. It truly wasn't. He just he played well. They had a chance to beat Georgia. Yeah, it's crazy. I do you wish Peyton Thorne was still on Michigan State? I I think he's better than the two guys they've got. I I guess like, I don't know. That, that, I, that's not even a dickhead question. He actually might be. I don't. I don't like, know Kim. I know that. I don't know that I wish he's back. Like I don't. I don't. It's like Hunter. Like do I want Hunter Dickinson back? I don't know. And I, Hunter's a way better player. Like Hunter's a do. Hunter's you a sure, way better. You sure, you don't want Hunter Dickinson back. This this one's like Hunter. Hunter Dickinson's way better at his job than Peyton Thorne is at his. But yeah. like. Hunter's clearly better than Terrace Reed. Do I want Hunter back? I don't know. He doesn't want to be here. Like Peyton Thorne's clearly better than Noah Kim. And I think he's, in my opinion, you're going to say we haven't seen it. I think we have all evidence that he's better than Caden Hauser. Mm. So like, do I want that guy back? Do I want the guy that just ran for a hundred yards against Georgia? <laughs> like, yes. In theory, I think that makes Michigan state a better football team. Do I want him back? I don't know. That's for other people to decide, but like, I don't get why people are upset with me for being like, damn, Peyton Thorne hoop today. He did. They were beating Georgia most of the game. That's crazy. But why did you say that Peyton Thorne was hooping? Because he was hooping. Like, okay. are we not allowed to talk about it? No, but it's just uh, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Like, can I go through your timeline and you talk about other people who are hooping? Like, other people have good days. That was just a game you were watching? The, ma- the majority of the online fans on this told me that Peyton Thorne was the worst guy in the room. Mm. That's what I was told. Was Were we not told that for months? I mean, yeah, in some circles, some people said that, yeah. Okay, I'm just, I don't like victory lapping a seven point loss to Georgia, where he ran for a hundred yards, was a wild move, and then some personal shots from Tej, wild, just wild move. That's all I'm yeah, saying. You no, know, you and you and Tej have some things to talk about this week. You and I have some things to talk about. You were upset with me too, because I just wanted to take a shot as my team was trying to rally at halftime of Kinnick, and you two were going at it. I don't know. What, I'm I'm truly just going to remove myself. Um, but I. The fe- like the concept of I'm not a Michigan State football fan is just false. I am Michigan. This sucks. I'm just real about it. It sucks. What are you supposed to do? This team sucks. Whoop de doo. Like they still got to play Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. They got three losses. What are we supposed you to said, do? You said Kate. No, you're now you're one of us. <laughs> that, that's that, what that's what that's what the discourse is going to be. I am Team Caton this week. I, he deserves the rock. Let's see what he's got. I hope he's great. Him being good also will lead to probably zero wins too. Why? Because his team is bad. I don't know. According to some, quarterbacks held this team back. No, I'm saying like this. The, these were the winnable games. You know what I'm saying? Like this. I don't know. I feel like the Iowa game was a winnable game. 
home against Maryland, I guess. I don't know, but it's home against Maryland. I'm, it, what I don't really see any other wins moving forward. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll see. At least it's exciting. Like, I am more excited to watch the team to see what Caden Hauser does than anything else. Hopefully it goes well. Uh, a Michigan State win would do wonders for morale. Maybe my friends would like me again if that happens. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. We'll see what happens. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, what do you got today, Kurt? Uh, my one big thing is that carrots are the most worthless vegetable of all time. They're just worthless. They, they don't add anything to meals. I'm not trying to snack on carrots. Uh, I don't want to do carrots and dip in a vegetable tray. I, I just think that carrots are absolutely pointless. I don't like carrot cake. It's just carrots are pointless is my one big thing for today. Uh, okay. I endorse that message. Yeah. Not, not I, I, had some, I had some Thai food with the wife last night. Uh, shout out to Shin Thai and Royal Oak. I uh, got some udon noodles, spicy with some chicken. It was amazing, immaculate food. Uh, if anyone's in the area, try that for sure. And the carrots were just in the way. Just, just they were just in. They're absolutely in the way. Didn't like the way they tasted with the food. Uh, I don't know if it's an aesthetic thing or it's like people feel like they have to put carrots on things. You don't have to put carrots on things. If you're on the fence about putting carrots in something. Don't put carrots in there. That's my one big thing for today. What about like smoked or steamed carrots? No. No, no need. No, like go go smoke or steam a real vegetable. Okay. In my head, I feel like a warm carrot has enhanced a meal for me before. But really? A cold carrot never. Like a like a really that's interesting to hear. Like I, I feel like there's been like some chop like in chicken fried rice, there's like chopped up warm carrots. I don't mind that. I think that okay, yeah. That, I guess I'm with you on that. Yeah. But I've, I'm, yeah, I'm never itching like, oh, this needs more carrot. But interesting. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go sentimental sports route today, if that's cool. Please. Miguel Cabrera is out. He retired. Uh, I cried watching some footage from this. I'm not, not too man enough to admit there to not. I don't know what the phrase is. I cried watching it. Uh, so I'm not a huge baseball guy, although kid me was that was like my sport growing up i played it in high school for a little bit uh before i fell in love with basketball and just started focusing all my time and effort on basketball related things and uh like miggy is such a critical figure in my personal sports life but also in like detroit sports history i would go so far as to say i think miguel cabrera might be if not the greatest the second greatest detroit athlete ever second or third greatest detroit athlete ever um and I have a lot of things that I just want to speak on. Like this, this man, the, the tires lost more games in a season than any team ever, like two years before Miguel Cabrera magically showed up. And honestly, what the tigers did to get Miggy and the process they went through reminds me a lot of what the lions are going through right now. They're going through being this miserable franchise to all of a sudden they're good. And all of a sudden they have some dogs and the difference is the Lions still don't have like that one guy who's the face of it all. They're just a good organization right now. The Tigers, like Miggy was that. Like we got Pudge. That was cool. He signed here. But they traded for Miguel Cabrera when he was 24 years old and he was already a young dog. And Miguel Cabrera never left. Like he, no offense to Verlander, who I also love, but like Miguel Cabrera said, you know what? I'm, I'm just a Tiger. That's all that matters to me. Like he raised a family in Detroit. And this community loves him so much. 
the way the Tigers did his send off was magical. Like they hit him. They, they four pitch walked him his final at bat, which stunk, but so Miggy to not like force a swing there, just take a four pitch walk and get on base. <laughs> and then they come out. They, instead of DHing him, they let him run out and play the field. He played first base for his final inning. And he didn't even have a glove because he hasn't played the field this year. So he takes Torkelson's glove. They send him out. He runs out on his own. If you haven't seen the video, watch it. He just got a standing ovation. The only guy that ran out had chills. First of all, Comerica Park sold out. There isn't a seat in the house that's not sold out. Incredible. It's been years since that's happened. And the whole time it did happen, it was because of Miggy that it happened. And yeah, just on first base, like kind of giggling, smiling first at bat, the second pitch grounder right to Miggy. Like you just can't, you can't make it up. It's like it was scripted. He makes the play because of course he does and gets his moment. They sub him out to a standing O like it was just flawlessly done. Uh, I am so thankful for him. Like what, what he did for a decade of just like he made Prince Fielder want to come. He made the pitchers want to stay. He made Detroit a free agent destination. And I'm sick that somehow the team couldn't reward him with a world series for his time in Detroit, but um, man, they were there every year and he was the face of it all. And to me, that's legendary. Like, again, if you look at the Mount Rushmore, Detroit sports, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson quit in their primes. (laughs) Miggy long overstayed as long as he could, like even to the point where people were doubting if he should even be on the team anymore. And uh, I'm just so thankful for it. He was such a great presence, such a joyful, play the game like a kid. Like his love for baseball is just incredible. So uh, one of my favorites forever. The send-off was great. I will miss you, Miggy. And uh, he steps aside, right, as coincidentally, I think the Tigers are about to take a leap next year. And I think his presence has a lot to do with like kind of leading these guys from a place of misery to a place of they're ready to win. And that's awesome. So shout out, Miggy. Hell yeah, that's perfect. And I think he's he's still gonna be around the team if I saw that correctly, right? Yeah, they gave him like a position, a special. I don't know what it means, but I don't even I don't even care. Like, just be around the facility and be yourself. Be Miggy, the vice president of being Miggy. Yeah, I mean, he was like riding a bike in the locker room before this game. <laughs> like, it's great guy, just loves loves everything. Great teammate, great guy. So shout out Miggy, man. Who, by the way, who's the greatest Detroit athlete ever to you? If you're asked that question, like, what's your answer? Uh, so I was actually talking about this with my dad at the Lions game because Barry was there, and I I don't think there's anybody as loved as I think it was Barry and Miggy were the two that came up, and then he threw in like Iserman as well, just like the hockey. But I don't think there's any more loved athletes outside in the Detroit area, like outside of Miggy and Barry. Yeah, yeah, I think the names that come to mind for me are like Barry, Calvin, Miggy. Iserman, Gordy Howe, Isaiah Thomas. Those would those would be the six. And I think if you were truthful about it, like I'm disqualifying Gordy Howe because old. I just I don't play that game. So it's but Isaiah. I feel like Dave, Dave's gonna hate that. Dave yeah. strikes me as a Gordy Howe guy. Not a hockey guy. Not a hockey guy. Really? Uh yeah, not a hockey, not a hockey family. No offense. Oh. Love the wings. Hope they're great, but just not a hockey family. Uh to me, it's Miggy or Isaiah. And Isaiah has the rings. That's why it's probably Isaiah. But like God, if Miggy had just gotten one title, I think it would have been Miggy. Yeah, 100%. bummer, bummer, bummer. All right, salute. good episode today. Yeah, salute. Good episode. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Wait, 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 wait. Word of the day. Word of the day. I have a guess guest today. I have a guess. I yes. actually feel really good about this guess. Okay. Margin. It was margin.
You're back. You're back. That's three for six, baby. 50%. Don't leave me open. I know. I also want credit for not cheating right there because I was going to change the word up if you got it, but I didn't. I stayed true to the word of the day mantra. I'll give you credit. Three for six, baby. That's 50% over 35. That's the goal. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you Tuesday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.